Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And it is uh, feeling, today's going to feel a little summery. It was a little pretty warm up there this morning. Nice warm wind blowing through the air this morning. Gorgeous, almost fall day. We're heading to fall in a couple weeks. So uh, a little bit we can do in the gardening is get out and enjoy. Hopefully have some, if you don't have any fall interest in your garden, now's a good time to get out there and have a look and one of the best ones that works really well in Calgary is the Carl Forrester grass. Um, just planting them singly almost because they can stand or in threes. Um, they work phenomenally in Calgary. Grow really well. They're non-invasive. They fill in those great spots. And then don't cut them down in the wintertime, in the fall. Leave them all through the winter. That way you get some good winter interest in your garden and uh, and becomes very gorgeous, gorgeous for you um, throughout the winter. Because unfortunately, we do have uh, a little bit of time uh, in the winter time <laughs> that uh, we need some interest. And and uh, and when you're designing gardens, we always try to get all four seasons, trying to find some interest into trees and some shrubs and different features, whether it be a pergola or a statue or a water feature. All these different things that add uh, a little bit of uh, features into your garden. And I got uh, a picture here. Do you know what zone and the name of this hydrangea can I plant in the ground and will it winter in this? Actually, that one will not winter. That's more of a house plant one. It's probably a zone five to seven. Um, and it just, I think it's a bloom. I can't remember the name of it. I just, we don't even try to grow those ones. They're the pink and the blue ones, the pure pink, great big ones. But we do have great ones. I know in front of my house, um, just my limelights are just unbelievable. Um, they look phenomenal. I, I know my wife Caroline's grabbing <laughs> the whole uh, dining room's full of hydrangea blooms right now as she's drying them and... Uh, and you can listen, Joanna, this Wednesday is going to do a segment on Global with Leslie, as I'm going to be traveling, so I have to let Leslie know that I won't be there. And uh, she's going to do it on uh, on drying hydrangea, so you can watch that and uh, and learn how to, to dry your beautiful hydrangea blooms and have them for your arrangements or whatever else you want to use. So anyways, all kinds of good stuff going on in the garden. And right now is a great time to plant your trees and shrubs. The warm, warm ground is is great. You put your trees and shrubs in. Um, you're not going to get no growth. And most of the time when you go to a garden center, the trees are going to look a little bit further along into autumn than they are in the ground because they're in pots. I know when I was walking through the tree lot yesterday um, with a client and uh, and we were going through picking out trees for their project um, definitely it feels a little more like autumn and it's funny some of the trees like we're looking at Ohio Buckeye some have totally lost their leaves and some still are fully green and some are just about turning purple so when you're if you're, if you're out in the tree lots a lot of them you're going to see that look a little bit um, further along into the season it's just because they've gone through a shock process of being dug up into a basket and or into pots so you so they're going to do that a little bit more but right now is still a great time to hopefully get some of your projects finished up and uh, and look for those um, areas that are doing really well and also look into your garden that, of areas where you want to add some stuff. And uh, maybe it is a, a pond or is it a pond or a little water feature or a statue or 
or all kinds of different things. So now's a good time to to take a look. Or are you missing any color? Do you want to add a nice little evergreen? Got a picture from Graham earlier, and I'm probably going to get lots of people asking, so I'll probably mention it a few times throughout the show, is a lot of our evergreens right now, especially the pines, are going through the shedding process of their needles. If it's in the middle of the of the tree or shrub or or what have you, um, it's usually just, it's fine. It's going through a natural shedding process. They do that every couple of years. And it's just in the middle. And the pines look, like, they look bad because you're going to get a lot of it right now. They just, uh, they just go through that shedding process. It's a bright yellow almost. I was, same thing as walking through the tree lot yesterday. Our ponderosas and the mountain pines, they're, some of them really quite yellow in the middle. Usually last two or three weeks, those needles fall off and everything is fine. It's just, a, like I said, it's just a process that they, they go through every couple of years. And uh, part of the of what they do, do um, they, they do it, a lot of it is to make the ground more like the forest floor. So they like to, they like to dump the, the needles down and, and create that forest floor. They also makes it prickly so the... Um, insects and that don't crawl up into them. So it's sort of their natural defense mechanism as well. So anyways, uh, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. You can call me at 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line. Or if you're out of town, 1-800-563-7770. And uh, if you'd like to give me a shout, I'm uh, here right now. I'm going to take... A call. We have John on the line. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you today? Uh, pretty well, thanks. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. How can I help you? Uh, just two quick questions. Of course. Is fall a good time to lay sod? Yeah, actually it is. It's it's first in the month of September. If you get into too far into October, it gets a little bit. Sometimes it just sitting there. Depends what our weather does. But right now is a great time because the ground's already nice and warm. And if you lay it down, it's gonna it's going to uh, root up fairly easily and quickly. And just uh, use our greened up fertilizer with it the, with the high middle number. That'll get the roots dug in, and that's a sixteen thirty two six. And uh, with the green it up, and that it's great for when you're laying new sod. It just it really helps get the roots established, and uh, you'll be good to go. But yeah, absolutely, we're laying lots of sod at this time of year. Sixteen thirty-two six. Yep, yeah, it's the green it up fertilizer, and you can use it all year round. Use it stronger in the spring, a third less in the summer, and then a third less again in the fall. So you do three applications a year, and you'll be super happy. Oh, okay, and. Uh... Just for ordinary grass, uh, for fall fertilizer. Yeah, yeah, that's we'll use the the green it up again. Just at a third of the ratio, you just use you use a very light amount of it. Super. All right, and yeah, like I said, right now is a great time to get your sod. And most rolls of sod, if you're getting them at a garden center, are ten square feet. They're two by five. So mm-hmm. so that way, if you're looking to get your sod, um, and we're bringing in fresh sod every day, so it's simply two by five is ten square feet. So if you're figuring how much you need. That way you're good to go. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck, Joe. John. Thanks. Take Bye. care, bud. Bye. All right. And we got lots of callers on. Um, and I actually got um, a picture of a sunflower. And one of them almost looks, it's just the center of it is just exploded with no outer petals. And is that an anomaly or what? <coughs> Gail, I think it is. I think it's just one that just... Um, 
because it looks like you probably got them all from the same package. And I just think it's one that just uh, is giving you a different uh, show. And it's actually really quite unique. You should maybe see if you could dry that one and see if it'll uh, hold that form and big, nice yellow, see if it'll hold some color for you. But it's actually quite nice. And uh, maybe do that Mod Podge or something like that on there. I know that works great for drying the flowers. And I got time for one more before we take a break. We're going to go to Christian. Good morning, Christian. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, well, I have, uh, I'm out on a farm, and I have some large spruce trees in my shelter belt. Yeah. I would say they're between 18 and 20 feet high. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know what to do with this pine weevil. It's, it's a really expensive endeavor to get up there and cut the weevil out. So is it is it a problem? Will it kill my trees yeah. and my shelter belt over time? Yeah. And they're fairly invasive. Unfortunately, if you don't get in there, and it really isn't that expensive. I guess it is, but it isn't um, if you count cut, getting the trees. So what we do is we'd get in there, you'd cut down until you don't see any more holes into the top leader. Um, okay. So if you don't, it will get down there and slowly get this. They eat the tree from the inside out. Okay. And... Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you're on an acreage, you might be able to go to your UFA and see if you can get a systemic um, pesticide that will work on it. Retail, okay. they've taken it all away from the retail market. We used to have a good product in the Weevil thing where we could pour it in. Um, or you could call, we do have our printed up division where we do do injections and stuff like that for this kind of thing as well. So, so you can inject for a weevil. Yeah. You don't actually have to go up and cut the leader out. You still got to cut the leader out because you got to remove that dead and it just makes it, it enables the new growth to take over and get your your growth back in because otherwise you're going to end up with that dead top and yeah. it just leaves it open for disease. So you want to get a nice clean cut, get it down to nice new wood, get rid of the maggot holes because really they look like they're little maggots and they get in there and they just eat the tree from the top where they get in when it's soft and then they just eat the tree down from the center. Okay, and does it have to be, do they have to be removed when you see the damage start in the spring or can you No, do right it now, time? yeah, right now is a great time, when, like whenever. You just got to go down until you don't see any more holes. Obviously, sooner the better because it saves it going down further, right? Okay. And that's all you're looking for. Like we've had a few customers, if they're able to reach, they just send us pictures after. You just keep going until you don't see any more holes. You'll see it. The first couple of cuts, you'll see them in there burrowing in, and then just keep going until you don't see any. All right. Okay. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Good Thanks. luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, those are nasty, and I know they go after a lot of the blue fox willow as well, but those ones they eat actually from the ground, and all of a sudden you'll have a blue fox willow sitting there looks totally healthy. All of a sudden you'll see a bunch of sawdust at the base of it, and then the whole shrub just flops over, and uh, and that's the weevil taking that over. So anyways, um, where are we at for time? We should probably take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770. CHQR. Autumn in New York. Why Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted locally owned tree service company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And it's
It's a great time to look at doing some pruning of your trees. You can sort of see any of that dead, damaged, disease branching right now. So if you need a shout, give the guys a prune up a shout. They'd be more than happy to get out there and give you a, a little trim, trim off the top. Got a text here, and this says, Hi, Merrill. Love your show. Wealth and knowledge. Thank you so much. I have a banana tree that... In planters, I planted this spring and done amazing. I'm wondering if they be overwintered in either the garage or the house. I think the banana, I think I would bring it right into the house. Unless, I don't think the hardy banana, you can let it die back and it comes back. I'm pretty sure you need to bring that one in the house. But I know she has some nice canna lilies and stuff like that. Those ones, let them go through the first frost. Let them die back, sort of freeze. Then I dig them out let them sit outside sort of in the sun, not freezing, let them dry out, just knock it off and then store them in a cool, dark place. I like using a cardboard box or a styrofoam container and then just use cocoa moss or a hemp product. Just to, it keeps them dry, keeps them, just keeps them dry and cool in a, in a dark place in the, in the house and, uh, and go from there. But your banana plant, um, I would remove it and remove a lot of the annuals that you have in there, transplant it into another pot, bring it into the house and uh, and enjoy it over the winter time, but you just it's probably going to grow fairly good. It'll be slow for the first couple of months, but then once you hit January, February, March, it'll start taking off on you a bit when the days get a little bit longer. So you could have a gorgeous feature next year. I think at some time though, it will just be too big and it might just end up being your house plant. But um, gorgeous, gorgeous, and uh, also she uh, overwintered a passion flower in the garage. Awesome, beautiful. That is a great looking plant, and if you if you're able to do that, a lot of times you can do that in the garage. So um, enjoy those kind of things. Try and push the zone. Do the different things. All kinds of fun stuff you can do out in the garden if you're just willing to try. And I got uh, I don't have. Good morning. Oh no 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 no. Is this that was? Uh, oh, it is today. Good morning. Uh, is clover a good alternative to grass? We are looking for something that we do not have to mow or water in Cucanosa. Absolutely. I've seen a few of those um, that where people use a clover and uh, it works quite well in those areas. Um, also, there's some this really slow-growing grasses that you can do. But uh, for what you got there, you could definitely try the clover. It, it, um, the only thing is I, I know you have to get rid of a lot of your grass first, overseed it with the clover, and then let's let it take over. And uh, and hopefully that works for you. But over there, you're zone five, so you should be a little bit easier. Um, you're in amongst a bunch of trees, so it'll probably work in around the, the most area. Just make sure you don't get an invasive species that uh, will take over the whole area. So have a, do a little bit of research maybe down in there. Hit one of the garden centers in that spot and uh, and see what you can do there. And we're going to go, where am I at some time? 9.23. Ooh, this one sounds fun. Let's go there. Let's go to Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Hi. You got some green slime. Hi, Jackie. Uh Uh-oh. I think she hung up on me. All right. We will let her call back in, and I'm going to go to Les. Good morning, Les. Hey, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. Hey, could you tell me? I've got some scales on my potatoes. Yeah. And what causes that? Um, a lot of times it's uh, too too nice of soil. Like did, too nice of soil. Yeah. Did you use compost by any chance? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. I found that the the soil is very 
tough and hard, actually. Okay, sometimes that's good. If so, someone compost, if you're using a little bit too rich a compost, it causes some of that on there. Um, so you just maybe want to lighten up your soil, not so much with compost. Mm-hmm. Like maybe use like the cocoa moss, the hemp sense product works good. Uh, okay. A sea soil. Um, but you just don't want to use uh, too much of this, the raw compost. It, it can cause some of the scale and different things on your t- on your potatoes. Okay, perfect. All right, and just awesome. make sure you hill them up. What, what's the best to, to add moisture to the soil? Like I found that the soil was very, like, hard and tough, almost like the clay. It wasn't... Yeah, and that's where like the 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 cocoa moss, the hemp sense product works really good because it just adds organic matter into your into your soil and just okay. turn it over. You can also use just the soilless mix, like those bags of soil, like yeah. the potting soil. Those ones yeah. are great for that because it's lots of just organic, but it's not the soil. Our soil is quite heavy and uh, clay content in it, so any of that other stuff we can add into it just makes it that much easier to work with as well. Awesome. So is there anything that I can add to get, like, just the hemp sense that will get rid of the scales for next year? Yeah, it'll definitely help. And and okay. you got to move your, your – you should move your potatoes every year, like, just alternate the spots in them, okay. um, and then you should be good to go. And like I said, if you have a larger area, probably the bags of soil, and just do a row, like, just sort of do, like, four-foot rows, and then that yep. way you don't have to amend the whole area. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thanks, Les. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's the thing. Like when you're, If you're trying to condense your areas, like have your pathways that you walk on in your garden, and, and even if you lay bark mulch or something down in those areas where you're walking, and just keep your four-foot rows, and then it's much easier to amend your soil and, and tr- turn it over, and you're adding it. It, it just uh, it saves a little money, and it keeps it a little bit more control, easier for weeding because you have nice pathways. So if you go a three-foot walking path or a two-foot walking path, four-foot gardening path of, of veggies or in between and sort of four by two by four by two, and, and that gives you a nice layout for your garden, and, uh, and that should hopefully help you out there. And I'm getting used to our new text thing, so uh, I know we got a new um, a new text format, so I'm just trying to figure it out. So bear with me on all that. I'm going to an- answer one here. Good morning. Enjoy, enjoy your show. We have some Brandon Cedars that don't didn't get planted this year because the building they're going isn't and won't be complete in time. We have planted them in their pots until next spring. Is there a fertilizer you recommend that we can keep them to help them get through the winter? The main thing is water them in really well. Make sure you keep water them. Cover them with bark mulch. Nice. Keep those pots frozen in the ground and uh, keep them out of the the wind. There is a product you can spray on them. It's called uh, Wilt Proof. It's like a lip balm for your evergreens, and it works really good. And you can do that. In Red Deer, you can grow a little bit more cedars than we can down here in Calgary. But just keep them out of the wind. Keep them in a shelter location. And the main thing is just make sure they stay frozen so it doesn't dry up on you over the winter. I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Brian's looking for some leaves are falling in the tune collection today. So uh, listen in for the next couple, of, an hour and a half of, of the fall, autumn, 
music. If you have any favorites, maybe send them in to Brian and uh, he can put one up there for you. Let's go. I'm getting a few calls on this today. Let's go to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Hi. Um, good morning, Merle. Hi. How can I help you? My lawn is beautiful um, because of your your nice um, fertilizer, but I am now getting a, a really um, good batch of mushrooms. Yeah, no, we're seeing a fair bit of that this year with the extra moisture because they do get spread by spores, their airborne spores. Um, people mowing as well. The best thing to do is try and lay off the water and just go out and pick them. And, and, and if you do happen to run them over with the lawnmower, that will spread them more. Yeah. It spread the spores out. But if you can get out and pick them, they sort of go through a cycle. So um, if you pick them, you'll try and break that cycle. It, it, but it has been, like I said, it's just with the moisture we've had this year, um, we've definitely seen... Mm-hmm. An abundance of mushrooms out there. So, I read somewhere. I don't know how true this is or how good it is. Of putting iron chelates on it. Does that? Have you heard anything about yeah, that? Yeah. Well, that's more for fairy ring. Like oh. if you and I haven't seen a lot of that lately. Um, but that does help. You sort of feed it. You overfeed it, and then that uh, that looks after the the fairy ring but for mushrooms usually those mushrooms are from there's some sort of extra organic matter there's some spores in the ground and we get the extra moisture it just it it makes them bloom it germinates them sort of thing and then they just blossom into lots and lots of mushrooms so but like i said the best thing to do is just try and pick them and just dispose of them before they get busted open and create more spores and for the winter um, in the summertime, I was um, mowing it at, at three inches. Mm-hmm. And in the winter, should I be mowing for the winter? Should I be mowing it for two? Yeah, I would go down to two inches. Um, again, it just helps, um, and they get a little less of the mice and that going through it. If you leave it too long um, through there, you get lots of the mice tunneling through it. And depending on how much snow we get, two inches is is a great height. Okay, and should I be? When should I be putting your? Um, any time in September here, September, October, you can do your last application of the Green It Up fertilizer. I know I'm doing mine this afternoon, and uh, and it's a great time to give it the last dose of that for the winter time. Okay, thanks very much, Merle. You're welcome. Thanks, Leslie. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. And if you're wondering um, about the, if you haven't heard about the Green It Up fertilizer, it's a it's fertilizer that we sell it down at Spruce It Up, and it's the only one really out there that has the high middle number. We try to, in our heavy clay soil, we, you need something that can get the roots down in, makes it drought tolerant. It's 16326, makes a really nice durable grass. Your grass will be super thick. And I did it up at the Global Garden, and you uh, and Leslie, and uh, you'll be able to see that next week when you're if you're outside. Um, and you can definitely see the big difference. I I just did around the garden, sort of a big circle, just to see, so I could see the actual difference. And it, it definitely fills in. I had a lady, and yesterday she was buying a Christmas gift um, for somebody. She was going to wrap up a bag of uh, of lawn fertilizer for for somebody on her uh, Christmas Christmas list. And uh, hopefully they'll wonder what that is. A nice big heavy bag of. Uh, of uh, lawn fertilizer. We'll see if they can guess what it is. They'll think it's a lump of coal. And uh, let's go to John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. How you doing, sir? Yeah, pretty good. good You're good. having quite a show this morning. Yeah, lots of calls, lots of texts. It's great. Well, getting into fall, uh, would I be better off to let everything die on the side of the house? And Absolutely. 
clean it up in the spring? Absolutely. Or? I'm a procrastinator in the fall. Like you want to leave. Um, I like to get all the leaves. Actually, what I, a lot of times I'll do, if you happen to have a lawn with lots of leaves, I even go along and, and have the lawn where I spray it all into my shrub beds. And uh, and just I do that later, like in October, like when most of your shrubs and perennials have died back. I go over with the lawnmower and I shoot everything in and around the perimeter, if that's where all your shrub beds are. And it just creates that mulch, and then you can just clean it all up in the springtime because that's what hurts most of our trees and shrubs, John. It's the winter desiccation, the dryness. So if we can get it, stay, let it stay frozen, shelter it a bit, that's perfect. Yeah, well, I'm facing uh, east, <clears throat> and you know the yeah. bed. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's and especially being underneath the eaves, you want to have as much protection as you can, and and then once it dies back, water it in a couple times before freeze up, and uh, and that will definitely help in any raised beds and things like that, John, for sure. So I should not trim it. No, nope, uh, no, nope, don't trim anything. Just let it all die back. And that's, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm one that I'm a proponent for procrastinating in the fall. Don't do a lot of fall cleanup. Just because it's Mother Nature's way of letting all everything die back over top of its root system. Helps protect it. Um, and we get a lot of our gardening knowledge and different things from Victoria or Vancouver or England, things like that. Um, a lot of the literature is out there for warmer climates. But for here, we need that winter protection. Oh, no, what about that big hydrangea that I have? Yep, same thing. uh, Just let it die back and enjoy the, hopefully you got some nice blooms on it. Enjoy the blooms over the wintertime. And then in the spring, you'll see where it just sprouts out the new growth, and that's when you trim it back. Same with any of your roses and things like that. Oh, I'm getting lots of compliments, I'll tell you that. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. And uh, the whole garden this year is small carrots, beets, and... uh, of course, the tomatoes, they were huge. They they grew out like uh, octopus. Yep. And uh, I think uh, Cass had mentioned why. But uh, the beets and carrots, they're awful this year. Really, really small, eh? Huh. I've had some people show me, it depends on how much heat they're getting into the ground too. I know it's been a cooler summer and if it's not in the full sun um, and it's not able to heat up enough, it, it will get a little bit, you'll get smaller growth on them. Um, so, and again, thin them out. Um, that definitely helps, John. And uh, and hopefully we get a little sunnier summer next year. And, and the rows can be too close together. That doesn't help, I guess, eh? Nope, absolutely not. Okay, I doubled mine up, and I shouldn't have. There you go, John. Next Super. year. Your crew's coming on Wednesday. Can't uh, wait. Awesome. Enjoy. 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Perfect. Enjoy, anyway, John. thanks for your service, Mel. You're, you're very welcome. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Good Good. always hearing from John. He's uh, he's a great spirit. When you, If you ever meet a guy like that, great karma. From John. And speaking of karma, I better take a commercial break, otherwise, I'll be in trouble with the karma police. And uh, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. A little bit of uh, George Strait. I believe that's who it is. I'm not up on my country as much as. As some people here in uh, in Cowtown, but uh, let's go to Will. Good morning, Will. 
Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. How can um, I help you? So about eight years ago, I planted some Carl Forrester grass in front of my property, and it's grown well. Although in the last couple of years, um, three of the bunches are sort of growing out as opposed to growing up. They still do get a little bit of height, but yeah. it's more like a lotus plant at the bottom kind of thing, and they're not really do you, as... Sorry. Yeah, do you cut them right back in the springtime? I do. Okay, so that's a good thing. And I guess you could be getting just dead in the center. So what you might need to do is early, early next spring is split them up. Okay. And and then you you'll you might be able to get two or three. So just take a like just sort of try and dig the whole thing up, or just cut right through the center of it like a pie. Cut it into three mm-hmm. or two, whatever depends how big it is. And uh, and then you could just keep one in that same area and this and take out the center dead part. It might be just dying out from just in the center. You know what I mean? Yeah, you bet. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's and and that usually it takes a while to do that. I haven't seen a ton of that, but it, I guess it does happen. Um, the main thing is clean it out really good in the springtime, um, sort of like a, an aeration or a or a power rake. Like even if you get in there with a rake early spring, sure. and and ensure that you're cutting it down nice and low, and and then run the rake through it a bunch of times just to get rid of all the dead debris, so that way the new growth can come up through the center as well. Perfect. And so, do, is there a decent fertilizer I should be using for that, or something you recommend? Yeah, you can use like a, just a regular garden fertilizer, like a twenty 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 fertilizer. You can use our lawn fertilizer in a lot of your perennial beds. Just sprinkle it on the lawn and put it right into the shrub and lawn bed into your perennial beds as well. It works great for that because it, it's a good balanced fertilizer. So, and you don't have to worry about. You can just run the like when you do the lawn. You can just continue do all your beds as well. And uh, and then uh, that way you get a good even fertilizer. Awesome, easy. I like it. Yeah, no, that's what I, I try to come up with things that uh, make it a little easier for all of us. So we have because it's a lot of work to fertilize. If you get a if you get a whole bunch of fertilizer to get out, and you're trying to do if you have a big garden, it can be a lot of work if you're hand watering or fertilizing mm-hmm. that way as well. For sure. So awesome. I'll uh, be updating my uh, gardening practice next spring. For Perfect. Sure. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Will. Take care. Bye-bye. And I got a couple calls on, what was I seeing, about, yeah, again, on the spruce tree. So I'm going to cover one more time. I'm starting to see um, yellowing in the middle of the spruce tree. Um, And, again, don't be worried about that. If it's just in the middle, you're totally fine. If you start seeing the outside, um, then, and it's hard to see on this picture, um, no, those ones are all fine. I just see what you got going there, and it's from Stu. So, Stu, just ensure that that one's getting a really good deep watering next spring. It looks like it's maybe gone through some drought. It's a huge tree uh, out on the street, full exposure. So just put a, a drip hose all the way around the drip line of that big spruce. There's a couple spruce in there. And uh, just leave it for a few hours, a couple times a week if you can, so that way you're not wasting any water. But it just gets it down, nice deep watering. And then that way next spring it'll have lots of moisture to get out there and give it some growth. It just looks like it's suffering really small growth like that. Typically tells me that it's just lacking some water. um, And it is going through a shedding process, which makes it look a little worse right now. But other than that, you should be totally fine. And I'm going to go back to Jackie. Sorry about that. Hi, Jackie. Hi. Hi there. How, How can are I help? you? 
Go good, ahead. Good. Sorry about hanging up before. That's okay. Push the wrong button. That's okay. Uh, I've got a fountain in the middle of my turnaround, and it's about, I don't know, three feet high. Mm-hmm. Um, it works great. It bubbles. I, it's never plugged. It's great, but it flows over top of the urn, and it just gets covered with the green slime. Yeah. Um, best thing to do with that is um, get a pressure washer, pressure wash that off. And then we have a, these little tablets. So they look like those dishwasher tablets. They come in this little plastic bag and it dissolves. Uh-huh. It's called Bactropond. Okay. And you, you just throw a couple of those depending on how much water's in there. Uh-huh. And they come in a bag of 60, I think, little pouches. And you just drop those into the reservoir uh-huh. and it'll dissolve and it works really good. It was developed by a father-son um, farm farmer. And they just to keep the algae out of their dugouts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a natural product, and they used it for their drinking water and stuff like that. So it's safe for your birds and and all that kind of thing. It's really quite easy to use. Like so I say, same just, principle as bluestone. Um, I'm not too sure about the bluestone. I'm, I'm not familiar with that one. Sorry. Yeah, well, it's a it's an old farmer thing too that we used to put in dugouts to keep the algae out. Yeah, yeah. So probably very similar. I know some people use barley. Like we have little mini bales of barley that people use. That's supposed to work really quite well. But I know the Bacter Pond works really well. Okay, and so it won't it won't. Um cover the sides of it if I put no, that in? No, it's just a little dissolve. It just looks, it looks, one, you know, this little plastic pouch, it looks like the size of a, like a big bubble gum or something like that, you know, like it just, mm-hmm. and it just dissolves just like those dishwasher tablets um, put into the water and away you go. Awesome. Okay. All right. So, but clean it up really good first. Like, get rid of the. Yeah. Well, I take a wire brush and and uh, scrub it down with that. And yeah, wash even it just off. get yourself a good little pressure washer, a little electric pressure washer, and uh, those work just so nice because you get everything right out of the crevices and things like that. So it doesn't matter that it's what it's um, what the water's dripping through. Like I had mulch at the bottom of it, and I took that all away, thinking that that was. Contributing that, to it. That will contribute to it. So it's better if it's going through like a rock or something like that. No organic matter. Okay. If, if you have organic matter in there, you're going to get a lot more algae and things like that. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Super. All righty. Thanks so much. All right. Send me a picture when it looks nice. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> Thanks, Jackie. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And I'm going to read. Here we go. Uh, Merle, is this today's? This is where I get to uh, figure out if it comes from the bottom. Uh, Merle, I have three small eight-inch high apple crab trees started that I haven't found places in my yard. Garden want, garden went nuts, damn wild rose seeds. Can I winter them as a houseplant or do they need to freeze thaw thing? Um, they do, and depends if you started your apple just from seed. Chances are it won't survive here in Calgary um, unless it's the hardy crab, like the roots, because most apples and that are grafted onto a hardy rootstock. So typically they're grafted onto a, a, a good, really hardy apple or crab apple rootstock, and then they graft the apple onto that, and that way they're able to um, stay nice and hardy and give that a try. Um, so I'm not too sure. You could try it. Try it, Well, plant a couple outside and see what they do. Like uh, put them in a nice spot, mulch them over a little bit, 
Um, maybe do a little bit of protection. Maybe use one of those uh, um, rose covers, like either a cardboard box or the styrofoam rose cover filled with leaves. And then, and then, but wait till October to do that. It's still a little bit early. You want it to go dormant before you do that. Um, give that a try. I'm, but I'm not too sure. It's uh, it's one that. Uh, um, typically, I'm familiar with more. We always do the grafted, the grafted rootstock. And let's go to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Merle. Um, it sounds like your fellow found some leaves song. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nope. Brian's a, a music guru, so uh, <laughs> yeah. So he, well, if we I come up it. with a theme, he tries to find something for us each week, so it adds to oh, the show for really sure. Oh, that's really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have this tea rose a yep. friend gave me. And it's like getting, it's in a pot, but it's really thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I winter it? Do you have a, un, like an unheated uh, garage? No, it's heated. No, okay. it's not heated, but it doesn't ever really freeze. Yeah, but that's perfect. Like, oh, okay. So what I would do is even if you transplant, like how big a pot is the rose in? Oh, maybe six inch. Yeah, so I would go put that into a bigger pot. Okay. Um, so is this like a little mini rose? Yes. Okay. Yes. You yes. could even just bring that into the house. Um, I tried that. Yeah, they don't, like, they only have so much of a lifespan, too, I find, like, those mini roses. Oh. Um, so, but what you can do is you can try, just bring, put it into, like, an 8-inch pot. Okay. Transmit, bring it into the garage, just sort of let it die back. Make sure it doesn't dry totally out over the winter. Like, water the, the pot in really well. Keep it in a cool, dark place over the winter. Okay. And then see what it does next spring. Okay, well, that's good. Thank you very much. Enjoy your show. Thank you. But they're one that they've bred to perform, um, it seems like, once or twice, and then they kind of, uh, for some reason. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, and where we're at. Actually, we can do that. We can go all the way down to High River to finish off this hour. Let's go down and chat with Mary. Good morning, Mary. Hi, Mary. She didn't expect me to come to her this quick, so, and she's going to tell us about her potatoes, and here she is. Hi, Mary. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Just didn't let me turn the radio down. No worries. Anyway. You get to hear me in stereo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it works good. I'm sitting out here in the hot sunshine. Oh, it's gorgeous. Isn't it nice? Nice oh, warm breeze today. Yeah, we're having an enactment today of the uh, Prince of Wales who came here in 1919 mm-hmm. and bought the E.P. Ranch, the Edward Prince of Wales Ranch. So we're having an enactment today. Oh, nice. And the mayor will be, I think... The Prince of Wales. No, oh, nice. Yeah, are you, are you going to take anyway, him one of your? Are you going to give him one of your big pot potatoes for the oh, ceremony? No, that's what I'm calling uh, you for. Do you plant uh, any kind of garden or no? Well, just the only I haven't done Bad one for a veggies? few years. No, I did it this year with Leslie Horton. Her and I did the gar- garden every Wednesday. We did we planted four raised boxes on the global garden. So oh, yeah, okay. Uh, but I haven't gardened. I used to like I. I know used we used to, to, do, to ton, do a lot, but, but no. you're too busy. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. And Carolyn's tired of it. Yeah, she's well, a, the kids are. We do lots of gardening um, in the yard, the but it's yeah. something that I, I definitely want to add is one of the raised garden because I had really good success with it. Good. So it, it just revitalized my. Uh, now, do you, 
you don't really grow many potatoes in raised gardens. No. Well, some people no. do, though. They do those bags, and then they use those tires yeah. and different things. So, a- Have they tried good, that? Yeah, and they have okay. good success with that. All right. Now, I wanted to ask you then. Yep. My one potters, do they want to say uh, if I give them three or four uh, of my huge one putters, yep. potters, do they want to save the seed over and try it? Um, I don't know. How do you or save not? it over the winter? I guess you just store them in a cool, dark place, right? Yeah. Well, I just have all my potatoes down in the cold room. Yeah. Yeah, and in my you, house. Well, that's something. Let's talk about that in the spring, Mary. Yeah. Like, no, I, I just wondered. Yeah, no, it know, might be something interesting. If, some people uh, might want some in the spring. Yeah. would like to experiment with it. Absolutely. Because this seed I bought from you yeah. 10 years ago. Okay. And, and they're excellent. They don't get hollow heart. Nothing. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, Mary, I got to go. Sorry, it's the end yeah. of the hour. Yeah, well, no, we'll think about it in I the will. spring if I'm still flying around. Well, I'm sure you'll be there. Let's yeah. talk then. Okay. Thanks, Mary. Take, Bye-bye. Yeah, okay. We got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons. And I got a, a picture really kind of interesting. Hi, Merle. I'm wondering if you can help give me some info on this type of mushroom. It's been coming up on my lawn lately. It looks like a great big pine cone. And I, I'm going to try and get on a mushroom guy and we can maybe chat about um, the different varieties. I'll hopefully I can get someone in next week, a little bit more of a mushroom expert. But I have seen those ones, <clears throat> excuse me, along the pathway. And you're along a pathway, so I th- a bit more of a native area. But your yard is wide open, looks great. Um, I, I just think it's just... Again, those are just spores coming in, but I will find out more about what type. Those things are huge, though. Like yours are, like some of these are just, like they stand up. They look like they're about 8, 10 inches high, unreal. So, uh, yeah, I would just pick those off. Um, I don't think I would eat them. And uh, I'm going to get in a mushroom guy next week and see what I can find out to uh, give us some, all of us some information on uh, on definitely some of the mushrooms and see what's going on. And I got one more here. Merle, I've extracted a Douglas fir seedling from the crow's nest past. They're about the same size as my pinky. I would dearly love to grow them and carry. My question is, I, okay, and Douglas firs are native to our area, so they are very, they're, they're hardy enough to do here. Um, I would just find them, put them into a, plant them into the ground, find a spot that you want them to grow. Size your pinky is a little bit small, but, it's fine. Put them into, find a spot that you want to grow them and uh, make sure you mulch over them, water them in really, really well. And uh, hopefully you should get some success over them. And, and even if they get covered a bit of snow, try and pull the snow away a little bit from them um, over the winter so they're not totally buried. But uh, I think you you should have good success with that. And, uh, and hopefully, typically you try and start out a little bit bigger but uh, let me know how that goes. You should be fine. Like I said, just find a good spot, plant them in the nice soil, water them in well, and, uh, and see how that goes. And always interested. It's kind of neat when you can do those kind of fun things. Let's go to Dale. He's been waiting patiently. Good morning, Dale. Oh, thank you. Hey, how are you? 
I just had a question about uh, Swiss chard. Yes. I was over at the neighbors, and uh, they they cut it off with a pair of scissors. Yep. Uh, they filled a whole Safeway bag. Yep. And I, I'm saying, well, stop, stop, stop. And they say, no, don't worry about it. It'll all come back. Yeah, no, it just keeps coming up from the... Usually they call it's cut and come again, as uh, as I learned this year, is, a, is one of the sayings for the Swiss chart. You just keep pe- p- picking the outside, and it just keeps sending more and more up. And it doesn't matter whether it's uh, five inches tall or a foot high. Yeah. And I, I put it in the pot, and I said, well, the pot's too small. I just kept feeding it in, and it boils right down to nothing. I know, it's amazing. Like I know... I, like I buy that baby spinach or Swiss chard. You buy a big container. It looks like it's enough for an army. And yeah, yeah, you steam it. I just like to steam it a bit, and then I just put butter and vinegar on it. And I just, I love that. Yeah, I um, just put a little salt and a little butter. Yeah, and uh, is yeah. it hard to grow? No, real easy. Swiss chard is like a weed. It, it actually grows really quite easy. A lot of people um, do. Um, they sow their their spinach in the fall. Um, so what you would do is that once you get into a little bit, when the ground cools off late September, early October, you can seed your spinach. And then it just comes up early spring. And I've got pictures of customers and listeners. They send me in pictures of their spinach that they've sowed in the fall. It looks unbelievable. It just looks so crisp and green and just looks so awesome. It looks so flavorful. It's so easy to grow. Real easy. Real easy. Up. So... Okay, how about this? A stupid question. All right, let it. I call it Swiss chard. <laughs> Why not Calgary chard? There you go. Well, let's change the name. Call it Calgary chard. <laughs> Do you have to dig it up in the fall? Um, no, you can just let it. It just dies back into the garden, and then you can just row it till it works like a compost. And then, will it grow back next spring? No, no, no. They need to be reseeded every year. Oh. Yeah, All right. Okay, thank you. Really nice and easy, though. Just seed them. And you, sometimes you can even see them two or three times throughout the season. But um, by all means, just, you can seed them usually just in the beginning of May there, and you'll have Swiss chard all summer long. Yeah, they walked out with a pair of scissors, and they just cut it off, and they said, don't worry about it. It, it just keeps coming. Back. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> all right, Dale, enjoy. Thank you. All right, thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, and... And, oh, there is an app. There's, uh, I got a message from Pat. Loves mushrooms. Got a book and an app. 529 varieties in Alberta. 519. That will kill you. Oh, so there's like, that's like playing uh, a Russian roulette, eh? Like you got 529. So there's only 10, 10 varieties that you can eat in Calgary. So uh, it's one that you got to make sure you... <laughs> Or yeah, or you might be on a little of a magic mushroom ride. There's a good one. You can find that song. We can. <laughs> All right, let's go to Sonia. Good morning, Sonia. Good morning. How First of it? all, I just want to thank you for the service you do. There are so many of us gardeners who have learned so so much from your program. Thank you so much. I love doing it. I I look forward to it every Sunday, and uh, I'm hoping that everyone has fun as much fun as I have as well. So that's awesome. Okay. Um, I have a question. I, I have some Siberian iris. I believe that's what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, when do I divide those? Um, you can divide those in the fall. Okay. Yeah. 
Did you get, uh, are they just, just outgrew their spot? They're yeah, getting a little bit full? Yeah, they're kind of outgrown, and the centers are getting kind of dead, and I'm getting fewer and fewer blooms. So. Yeah, they're they're fairly hardy, um, so you can do that now. Okay. If you do have some of that Mike's product, it's I like using that on the bulbs when you're when you are transplanting. It just helps with the mycorrhizae get it going again okay. um, for spring. So just just rub that on the roots when you split them up, and then you're good to go. Alrighty. Thanks, Sonia. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye bye. And if you'd like to join me, we do have a few spots on the phone line. You can call me at four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. And that is the talk and text line, or 1-800-563-7770. And that's if you're calling from out of town. And I'm going to go to Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? That fertilizer that you say to use on the garden yep. for the lawns, yep. is that going to do anything to my perennial flowers that are going to come up in the spring? Uh, it'll help them because it has oh, the higher okay. middle number. Yep. All That's right. what I mean. It's it's a good one. It's a good, well-balanced fertilizer that um, if you are doing your grass, don't be afraid to go right along the edge and give a little extra shot into the into the shrub beds. It won't hurt it. It'll just add some of that great fertilizer into your soil, a slow release. If you have lots of flowering plants, you'll still want to supplement like with a water-soluble, like, a, like our 15, 30, 15, something like that. Um, okay. That just to help supplement some of your flowering stuff. And if you have evergreens, you'll want to do a 30, 10, 10. Okay, how did uh, Chris make out in uh, Lethbridge? I didn't hear. Um, he he actually finished quite well. He finished in the top six, I believe. Right on. Yeah. Um, Tree monkey. Absolutely, he did great. And uh, but they did show the winning guy. He was a young guy, and he was like a monkey man. He went. It was was this, he worse than Chris? Yeah, this guy, this young guy. Uh, honestly, somebody he, he's meant to climb trees. This kid just boom up he went. It was like you're watching him in in fast forward. Like uh, really? Mark, Mark brought back the videos, and Chris, you going up? It's fast. Um, but this kid, he was just sort of uh, he's sort of he's beaten. I think in Western Canada, he's finished number one in the last twelve competitions he's gone oh, into. Oh well, his excuse is he's probably younger. <laughs> exactly. There but, you go. Chris yeah, is awesome. He absolutely no. All right. Very well, I happy. guess I have to go down to spruce it up way down there. It's worth the drive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice choice. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. And. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is also brought to you by Prune It Up, Kyrie's trusted locally owned tree service company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Mark and the boys will... Marky Mark and the boys will be out to uh, prune your trees. And I got a text from Norm. He goes, I live in Copperfield, and the elms in the boulevard are all black in the trunk. What causes a lot of it is that there's a scale. Um, I know um, some of these have gone out and pressure washed, but, it, it, yeah, it isn't great for your elm trees. Um, and they also, so if, they, if they're just left, yes, they will just die back and end up losing them. Um, so they do need to be treated either... Um, with a spray or the pressure wash. I know some people are doing that with a lot of the elm trees that I see on the boulevards. <clears throat> so they definitely need some sort of treatment um, norm. So that is something that, uh, and and if you, if you do live in an area and you got elms or any kind of trees out on the boulevard and they're not looking great, 
I, I think it's instead of sometimes we complain lots, and I, I do a bit of that too. I get on a rant, and um, if we can get out and help those city trees, give them a bit of water, if maybe if everyone takes a bucket or two of water out every so often, help them out, maybe give them a little shot of fertilizer, um, just help them along because uh, that's a lot of the trees that are suffering is... Uh, I was driving down Memorial Drive, again, a bunch of elm trees planted in these big raised pots um, right beside each other. Again, just, just suffering. And uh, it'd be nice to see a bit better of a plan for our tree canopy because there is some gorgeous ones. I know on the, there's a garden Facebook page and some people are sharing the pictures from the big old elms in the northwest where you drive through and like in Mount Pleasant and a few of the areas and you drive through it's like going through a tunnel it's so majestic it's unbelievable some of the canopies but back then they're planted properly like they're 20 feet apart it just there's lots of room they're not right in the middle of the road in a tiny little six foot um, area where we think we need to plant more and more trees. It's better to have less healthy, less trees that are way more healthy than way, a whole bunch of trees that are unhealthy, spreading disease and bugs and all kinds of bad stuff. So that's my take on that. And I'm not going to go crazy on that today. Um, I have enough political stuff that I see all through the week. So uh, hopefully we can chat with our, our city people and, and get those all on track. Let's go. To the tr- Do I have to take a break right now, Brian, or I'm, I'm good? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I just took one. Let's go to the tree lot, and we're going to chat with Chris. Good morning, Chris. Hey. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. Good. Um, lots of things going on in the in the down in the tree lot. I know it's looking a little bit more like autumn in the tree lot, I was saying earlier, but uh, what else going on down there? Ah, it's a beautiful day once again. Sunny and warm, no rain. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we got we still have a lot of fresh, fresh stuff to, uh, to yeah. sell. Yeah, we're still um, bringing in stuff. I think yeah, we we're are. One of the only garden centers still, even with our sales, we're still bringing in fresh, fresh product. Yeah. Even with our sales, you're right. We got brand new stuff, so it's a great time to to come and buy uh, anything that you're looking for. We got lots of nine barks to pick from. Yeah, that's sort of what I wanted to chat with about today. Like, I know like there's a lot of hedges and and hedges when they're done properly. They can just add such a, a nice feature to your to your lot or to yeah, your you house. Bet. Yeah, if you prune them nice and tight, they can look like a really nice boxwood hedge. Or, and we have so many different options for hedges that people just aren't aware of. Um, instead of the Catonia aster, that is the one that everyone has to cut down. Like, yeah, it's uh, just getting decimated with uh, yeah. with that scale. Yeah, and they just don't know that there's so many other options, like the blue fox willow, the the cherry, there the barberries. Yep. Pygmy caragana, the globe caragana, lilacs, burning bush, like, and the nine barks, of course, which come in so many different colors. Yeah, if you, you do really... a nice yellow or a, or a purple hedge, I, I do like the nine barks if you're looking for that solid hedge. If you're looking yeah. like this traditional Catoni aster hedge, because the, the nine barks just love being pruned. Yeah, and they stay very tight and neat. They don't get all messy and crazy, so they do look very structured and, yeah, quite nice. You're right. Yeah, yeah. and then you also get some nice blooms on them in the springtime. Yeah, and like you say, there's the bright yellow, which is a really nice contrast with the deep purple, and so you can even have a couple different hedges going on in the same area and, and have some real eye-popping color. Absolutely. And what about uh, right now, I guess, if if someone just has an empty spot and they want a nice feature tree, um, what do you have left down in the tree lot? Say someone wants to just put a, a just a, a nice feature tree out there. 
Yeah, I think one of the nicest feature trees we have is probably the gladiator. I know we talked about that in the past, but only because it's got the purple leaves, which is a really nice contrast when you have a yard full of green. It just kind of stands out. And again, it's got the the pink flowers in the spring and then the orange fall color. So you get a lot of bang for your buck instead of just a, you know, a plain green tree that uh, doesn't give you... And and they're fire blight resistant, so it's another... They are. So I like to always say that people... Put the big, get the biggest investment out of the tree that you buy. So if you can get more than just one feature, then why wouldn't you look for something that gives you a whole bunch and of I, different I, stuff? I, and I just got a text in from the lunch mom. It says, uh, love Nymark and the deer hate them, so the deer ah, don't yeah. eat them. So there you go. There's another, <laughs> there you go. Exactly. another attribute. Really good, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then we still have some of the purple spires. Um, oh, we still have a little bit of everything. Uh, a lot of the nice willows that uh, are so beautiful. They look so lush. Yeah. Look, looking for that BC lush look. The laurel leaf willows got the shiny green <laughs> leaves and just gives you a really nice uh, feeling of lushness. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. the sandbar willows, those can be used and they can add a nice little screening for you. Yeah. I know I've gotten a lot of people in here. Um, I don't know what, what goes on in the new areas, but a lot of people that have swales or wet areas as their lawns uh, kind of hill down and uh, they've tried numerous trees and they all die. And one of the best best trees and probably one of the only is, is our willows species to survive in wet areas. So if you have a wet area in your yard where you find that it's often mushy or yeah. things just don't survive, that's where you want to put your sandbar willows and your pussy willows and yeah, your golden sharp. willows. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And one of the, I like them because they're one of the first to get the leaves and one of the last to lose their leaves in yeah. Calgary. So it's kind of yeah. nice. Yeah, right. and again, they have that lush look too. So Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Chris, again. All right. And that's uh, what's hot in the tree lot with Chris. All right. right. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. And what else do I got going on? Oh, here's our first. Carolyn's calling in with our first point set of call of the season. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning, Merle. How are you? First time caller. I really enjoy your show. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. How can I help you? Also, I'm really enjoying my bird bath that I bought at your garden center more than a few years ago. It's lovely. Awesome. You uh, never talk about your bird bath there. I, oh, <laughs> I guess we should talk. I got to get Brad the bird man on and talk more about our bird baths. <laughs> we always have, a, we always do try to have a nice selection of the concrete and, and some of the other bird baths. I always want to make sure that there's water in, in my bird bath because it's enjoyable to see the birds. Isn't it nice when they come in there and they just splash around? It's, it's awesome. Really? Anyway, I have a green poinsettia. Okay. It's bushy, healthy-looking poinsettia, and it's green. Okay. Will it ever change to be red again? So what you have to do is, even starting right now, um, today, leave it out until about 8 o'clock tonight yes. in full light. Yes. And then put it in the closet from 8 at night till 8 in the morning. And you have to do that every day. So it needs eight, 12 hours of darkness, 12 hours of light. 12 so 8 hours. o'clock tonight to 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Or six or whatever time you want to pick, um, but it needs that uh, 12 and 12 sort of thing. And it'll, it'll start turning green? It'll start turning red. It'll start turning red? Yes. Great. Yeah, So, but it does need that time. It needs to be really, so just stick it in the closet and for the 12 hours and then bring it out during the day, put it in the closet. So you do that up until when? Did well, you'll start seeing it change color. Like it'll start in sort of mid-November. And uh, and it'll start changing a little bit, and uh, and you'll you'll see it start changing. Oh, really? And then yeah. you, 
then when it's starting to change, you still do it? Yeah, leave it for a little bit more. And then once you start seeing some pure color, then you can just leave it right out all the time. Oh, wow. Well, maybe I'll get a new one for Christmas. But anyway, this one looks so healthy. Yeah, no, give it a try. Let me know how it goes. Oh, thanks, Merle. Keep do you, do you good, text? It's a good show. Yeah, thank you. Do you text? Yes. Maybe text us in some progression pictures every so often. Oh, great then, Merle. <laughs> Thank you so much. Keep up your good your good show. Thanks, Carolyn. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We definitely, I'm hoping to keep it up. It keeps it, uh, I enjoy doing it and love being down here. And I got a text from Doug. It says, what causes spruce trees to break the surface of my lawn about 15 feet from the trunk? Um, spruce trees are, are surface feeders. Um some uh, if they're coming up more so than not, it's usually a lack of water because the roots are coming up looking for more. Um, you can top dress them a bit, like just to get the soil up over them. Um, if you don't want to bury them too deep, but if you do want to, and just try and do more slow deep watering, and that will ensure that keep the roots down nice and deep, and uh, and give that a try. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Or 1-800-563-7770. Those are the talk and text lines. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. When the leaves come falling down. Welcome back yes, to Let's Talk Gardening. I don't want to talk too much about fallen leaves. It seemed to have gone by very quick this summer. I know uh, people always said when you were younger how, how fast time goes as you get older, but holy man, oh man, it goes by fast. This year especially, it just seemed it was the May long weekend, and uh, all of a sudden it was Labor Day. What happened to the summertime? And let's go to Judy. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Well, I knew I uh, needed to talk to you this morning before I head out to the yard. Okay. I have um, a bobo hydrangea that I put in a pot because Mm -hmm. I knew I had to move it. Yep. So, and I also have Leatrice bulbs. Yep. The first time I ever had them this year, and I put them in pots, but now I have to plant them. Yep. So... Shall I use 10-52-10? Yeah, you can definitely use the 10-52-10 when you transplant them. Um, you can also use the Mike's product, but right now is a great time to get them into the ground. Um, just ensure that you water them in really well throughout the rest of the fall until freeze-up. Okay. Um, just I, just so they stay frozen and then mulch them over a little bit if you could. I do have, like, like you were talking about earlier, with the... Uh, soil not being really good, but I do have cocoa moss, so yep. should I put it in the Yeah, mix about one-third of the cocoa moss with your existing soil. I don't like to just add 100% of a new soil because then if you make it too nice just in the pot, like in the hole in the ground, yeah. it'll just it'll just more circle in that really fluffy stuff. Okay. So I always mix a third of either the hemp scents, cocoa moss, something like that. Mix a third in and uh, and then that will help keep it nice and, and still firm enough where it's just still the natural native soil, but also give it enough little nourishment and water retention. So could, I wonder too, could you in pots just plant in pure cocoa moss and then you'd have to add fertilizer? But Yeah, no, a lot of times people have done that. I know when we bring plants in from other countries, like we bring in some stuff from Thailand, they do use cocoa 
moss as the as the soil uh-huh. um, because you can't bring soil in from other countries. Yes. So absolutely, and a lot of the soilless mix is made up of that kind of thing. So you could just use the cocoa moss, but you definitely need to add nourishment into it. So you, could you use? So I have groundkeeper's pride. You could use just cocoa moss. Yeah, mix in some pride. of that. Yeah, mix some of that in there with it. Um, absolutely. But I, I would recommend using a, a little bit more of a, a potting soil okay. myself. Okay. Um, I do have some of your Green Out Up fertilizer, um, another bag that we haven't opened. Yep. Um, could I just leave it in my tool shed over the winter? Yep, just keep it. Just make sure it stays dry and it'll be totally fine. Okay, great. Um, All right. Thank you very much. All right. Enjoy. Thank Bye. you. Bye, Judy. Yeah, lots of stuff she's got going on in the garden. And I got a picture um, from Karen. It looks like a, like she has her hand beside it. It looks like just a huge oyster mushroom, and she used the plant app, and that's what it says it is. I, I, it almost it does look like it, Karen, so uh, I'm assuming that's what it is as well. But, again, with with uh, the knowledge that Pat sent us that, that there's uh, – um, 300 and there's only 10 varieties that we can eat here. Uh, I said I, I would definitely want to really make sure um, what I what I got going. It looks like, but I imagine there's a few different, what we think of an oyster mushroom that we see in the store. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, varieties of oyster mushrooms as well. So, um, and, and when you get years like this, there might be some spores that have just been dormant for a number of years or even if they're in some wood that got brought in from bark mulch or something, um, you you could have those spores in that mulch, and and when when it gets wet like this, all of a sudden that activates the spores, and and you see them, um, you'll see different varieties get brought into our area. So, yeah, let's go to Craig. We still have some time here before the break. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. How can I help you? Uh, just wondering if I can transplant some lilies this time of year. What type of lilies? <laughs> Orange ones. <laughs> okay. Are they like I the think, big tiger lily or are they... Yeah, the, the big ones, yes. Um, I, I like to let them go dormant before, I, before I'd before i move them. Okay. So after the first couple of frosts or just mark them and do it first thing in the spring. Okay, great. Yep. Just let them, like I said, I, with the bulbs, with some of those ones, I like to let the energy get back down into them. Okay. Before I move them. Okay, great. Thank All you. All right. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. And we got lots of texts, and I'm still trying to figure out, so sorry about that if I haven't got to you. And I got one from Carolyn from Vernon. And I'd like to, uh, I'm sorry I missed her. She was she stopped by the store. She was in Calgary. So good morning, Merle. It's Carolyn from Vernon. I'd like to let you know if you could recommend a tree that would do well here in Vernon that is very large, leaves, produce good shade, and would be planted on the west side of a hill that is clay lake soil. Um, yeah, and she says, sorry about seeing you when I was in Cairo last week. It would have been great. And I agree. It would have been nice to have met you. I've uh, texted back and forth lots with lots with you. Um, out there, you can do so many nice trees. Um, I do like the big majestic maples when I'm out in, in the Kelowna area. Like um, you can get the big purple leaf. And it really depends on the other trees in your house. But I know the maples provide that big majestic shade out there. Um, so that's one that I would look at doing. There's some gorgeous lindens out there as well. Um, but I do, th- that is one that stands out for me is the, is the big maple. They just look phenomenal. So 
uh, give that a try. But right now I'm going to go for a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and uh, it is harvest time. Get out there into your garden. If you put in all that hard work and you want to harvest out uh, a lot of your veggies and stuff like that before it gets, uh, we get a frost. I noticed that yesterday on the on the news. It was uh, minus two of a cold, of a low last year at the same time and a high of four. So like today we're going up like to 20 or something, so... What a, what a difference a year makes. It's awesome. And Pat sent out another th- chat about the mushrooms. There can be several identical mushrooms. You can only tell by the spore print or the cutting or cutting into it and see if there's a purple sheen, etc. Or you can eat a small piece and see what happens. We definitely do not do that. Do not strongly suggest we don't do that, eating mushrooms without training. They smell so good, but yeah, just got to be very, very careful with any of that kind of stuff. And uh, unless you know what you're doing, let's go to Marsha. Good morning, Marsha. Hi. I uh, had an amaryllis that bloomed lovely last Christmas. Yep. And then it started to re-sprout again, so I planted it outside in the spring. Yep. It's still alive, so now what do I do so I can make it bloom inside at Christmas? So what you want to do, yeah, you're kind of... uh it needs to go through a bit of a dormant period. So what you should do is bring it in, let it die back right now, like these nice warm days, just leave it out in the sun, um, let it just sort of slowly die back. And then you, you're you going to be tight on time because it's going to be six, to, it needs about six, eight weeks of uh, dormant time. Okay. Um, so maybe this something should have done a little bit earlier, but we're still, what do we have? We have... October's four, November's eight. Yeah, so we close first of December, first week in September or December. You should be able to plant it. And so you might get something going by Christmas, New Year's or into January, which is always nice to have some nice flowers in your in the house in January. So, so I have to put it in a cool, dark place yeah. after I dig it out? Yeah, so just let it totally die back. Do you have it in a pot or you have it right in the ground? I have it right in the ground. Okay, so what you want to do is bring it up, put it into a pot. Okay. Um, and just... just just dig out a good clump, stick it into like an 8 or a 10-inch pot, and just let it sit out there, let it just dry out, just let it go, and then once everything is died back, pull off all that foliage, cut it all off, and then to stick it in a cool, dark place for at least eight weeks, okay. and then you can transplant it in. You'll start seeing new growth come up the center a little bit, mm-hmm. and then at that time you can transplant it, and even right now, if you want to feed it before you do it, give it a shot of uh, 15-30-15 just to get the phosphate up into it. Great. All right, I'll try it. Thank All right. you. And please let me know uh, how this goes because i uh, always interested to see on uh, on our experiments here in Calgary. So. Okay, will do. Thank right. you so much. Keep us posted. All Thank right. you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Awesome. I love that, and uh, hopefully that will work out for her. Let's go to John. Good morning, John. Well, I'm back. Uh, my uh, nine bark, I have it's huge. Should yep. that be trimmed in the fall, or actually, you can you can trim that anytime. Like they're pretty. Um, if it is it wonky looking, or is it just big? Oh, it's big. It's beautiful. Yeah. If it's not bugging you, John, you can just leave it as well. Um, but if you do, if it, if you do want to trim it up and thicken it up a bit, um, it can be done almost any time. Cause I know a lot of the nurseries, they, they trim everything back right now in the fall. And then that way it just spurs on the nice new growth in the springtime. So, 
So <clears throat> you're basically saying I should do it now? Um, it, like only if it needs it, John. If it just looks nice and big and healthy and you got room for it, don't touch it. Like it's fine oh. unless it needs to be thinned out or anything like that. Um, I would just leave it. It's fine. I'll send you, I'll send you a picture. All right, do that, and I'll respond to that. Thanks, John. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And we're, uh-oh, we're going to go to Marianne. This doesn't sound good. Hi, Marianne. Hi. Hi there. I have an infest. Oh, good morning, Rhett. Good morning. I start. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I had an infestation of those tiny red beetles in my tiger lilies. Yeah. I picked hundreds off of me, mm-hmm. and then once they finished blooming, which were beautiful this year, mm-hmm. uh, I've let them go, and now they've eaten just about all the plants, yeah, like they're they all just, turning brown. They just decimate it. Yeah, and is there something I can put in the soil to kill the larvae? Um, what you could do, you could do a soil drench, like with a, with a ambush is a, is one that you could use. You could just do a soil drench, like fill up a water can, mix it properly, and then just water them in really good with a good ground soaking of the ambush. But oh, the okay. more importantly is clean up all the dead stuff really good too. Like just do yeah. a really good cleanup, unfortunately. And and next year, if you do have them, try and get onto a bit of a spray program just to get them under control because they, they're so invasive, those little biggers, so... Spray, what I use, I couldn't find anything at the ordinary store. Yeah, you probably need to come down to a garden center like down to Spruce It Up, and we can definitely set you up with that. Okay, so I should spray them before I even see them in the spring, then. Absolutely, yeah, give the oh. soil a good soil drenching, even if you did that now, because if they're down in there, give it a good f- clean up. See, that's one thing where I'd clean up in the fall is that. If you have any of those bad infestations like that, do a really good right. cleanup and just put that right into a garbage. Like don't throw it into your compost or anything. Right. So I should cut them right down yeah, to soil level. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. I enjoy your program. All right. Thanks, Marianne. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Haven't, we've had a fair bit of that this year. Not as, as much as we've had sometimes in the past. So uh, anyways... Uh, hopefully we we can look after that. I think the cold weather last winter helped with that for sure. And I got a couple texts here. Good morning. Can you tell me what kind of tree this is? And that is a... uh, 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 It's an elder. You got some nice red berries. It's a red berry elder. And uh, gorgeous bright red berries. You've seen quite a few of those around town right now. And I got another one. Can I plant hydrangeas with big in big whiskey barrels? Will they survive? Um, probably not. You could give a couple a try. The main thing is is keeping them frozen over the winter time. So if you water them in really really well right up until freeze up, maybe put some bark mulch around the soil. You could try the hydrangeas in there. But I and I do have a new plant. I'm kind of in love with uh, at my new house. There was a, a hedge planted along the side. It's called the snowberry, and it doesn't look that great. It's kind of, it's a native variety, and it doesn't look that great um, through most of the summer. Mine's on the shady side of the house, but man, right now it is having clusters and clusters of pure white berries. Man, oh man, it's gorgeous, gorgeous. So um, if you're looking for a, a nice native variety. Um, white berried accent shrub in the yard. Um, the snowberry, I'm going to order in some more this week because um, I have a couple of gardens that I want to see them in. So I'm going to bring in a few of those snowberries. But this gorgeous. So anyways, very lucky to, to enjoy those kind of things. And right now I'm going to take a break. 
You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. We had a harvest moon a couple days ago, and uh, it was awesome. Nice full moon. Great to be out there and enjoy those kind of things. And actually, I got a text here. Hi, Merle. Could you let people know that if they miss a show, they can hear it on CHQR Audio Vault? Absolutely. And that's from Anne. Thank you, Anne. Um, Also, if you do podcasts, you can listen to all the shows and you can save them on your on your phone or whatever you use. If you listen to podcasts, you can just, uh, and it's in the Apple, the Spotify, the Android one, all the, all the, all the great podcast apps and stuff that are out there. You can just download and subscribe to the Let's Tuck Gardening podcast. If you want to listen to that, it's a great way to, uh, and you can save them and listen on those long drives and I could bore you for hours and hours if you like. But right now we're going to go to Don. Good morning, Don. Good morning to you. How can I help and, you? Uh, first of all, I love your show and love Thank your you. store as well. Thank you. The um, uh, I'm going to be probably in the, in the spring, hopefully buying some hedges. Oh, nice. I, I heard you talking about them there, and I want to put a couple in. Nice. You can shape. Nice. But my question is a reference to lilacs. Yes. Mine are really good. They, they, I have them all along my fence line and everything else. They really push. They come up beautifully, and they're very big. Nice. They're about 13 years old. Okay. And it looks like they're seeding, and I took the seeds out of them, mm-hmm. the little green one, yeah. and I put them into a Ziploc bag. Yeah. And then I sprayed them with water and threw them into the bottom of the fridge. Yeah. And I spray them every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I believe I take them out about three months and then plant them? Yeah, I, I typically I think they do, like, I'd almost think they need to dry out first a bit. Um, I haven't I haven't done, because typically what you need to do with a lot of them, you, you let them go through a bit of a dormant, they go dry them out, and then when you get ready to, for them to germinate, then you put them into that process. Um, ah. So I, out of the green, so you can maybe try some both ways, because I imagine there's still some out. Grab some other green ones, um, let them just dry out, and I think the seed is inside the pod, um, so yeah. let the pod dry out and then take the seed out of the pod. Oh, okay. And then let them stay dry and then put them into a soil like sort of next uh, February or something like that. Very good, because I was, I thought it was maybe just three, four months. You leave them in the fridge for make them yeah, no, winter and then pull them out. Typically, you need to let them dry out. Then you, the seed will be inside that protective pod, and then you take the seed out of the pod and then do, go from there. Oh, very good. All right. We'll give that a whirl. Awesome. Thanks, Thank Don. You. Bye-bye. All right, and let's go to Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, my tomatoes on the line are green yet, and I don't think they'll ripen. Yep. So when I bring them in the house, I heard that you can put them with some fruit or vegetable to ripen them faster. So. Um, I, and I think some of that's a little bit of a myth. I think apples and stuff like that can yeah. make them ripen quicker or make them rot really fast as well. I think it's best if you just bring them in, a, and I just had an earlier text, put them into a cool, darker place, um, bring them in, let them just sit and and let them ripen that way. I know some people have stored them with, in. they wrap them in newspaper yeah. and put them into a box 
and then just keep them in the cold cellar, then bring them up and leave them on the counter and then just let them ripen that way as well. Um, so there, yeah. there, there's a few different ways, that, but if, if possible, it's always nice if you can uh, uh, let them ripen on the vine. And well, this year I don't has think been that's slower. Happen anymore this year? Well, we st- honestly, the forecast looks phenomenal for the next three, four weeks. So oh. um, I think we're getting our late summer here, and so. Well, I am going to leave them out until I hear it's going to frost. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, you can even just cover them up. Like most time, the they this f- tomatoes are fairly hardy. If you throw a sheet or something over them, a frost blanket, yeah, even that. in the minus two, minus three, they can take it. Or if you can bring them inside on those cool nights. But these days are going to be nice and warm the next three, four weeks at least. So well, maybe I'll be lucky. Yeah. Um, but if I do bring them in, like I have these, you know, sort of cardboard flats. Yeah. So, and so could you put newspaper down? Does that hurt or? No. Nope. Or does it just take the moisture away from them? I just, I think that's more what it does. It helps keep the moisture so they don't rot on you. Yeah, that's what you want. Then. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Shirley. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I got time maybe for one one quick one. I'll go to Dwight. Hi, Dwight. Hey, Merle, how's it going? Good, good. I got time for a quick, quick question. Yeah, just a just a quick one. I took some apple tree cuttings in the spring. Yep. And they rooted in real nice. I just wonder, do I have to plant them this year? Or can I wait till spring? Um, I would would plant them now, but again, I don't know how much success you're going to have because most of the apples are rooted onto hardy rootstock. Um, so what they are is they're grafted onto a an, an, a hardy cra- a hardy crab apple for the most part um, okay. to survive in our area. So what they do is they they get the apple on top, they graft it onto a rootstock, and then that's how we get our apples here in Alberta. Okay, and I did get in contact with you about moving that thirty uh, year old apple tree for me uh, yep. next month. Yep. Um, can I just text you my phone number? Absolutely. Send somebody out to have a look. Or? Absolutely. Okay. I'll, awesome. I'll t- that to you shortly. Thanks, Dwight. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. And Richard and Norma, if you want to hang, I will answer your questions offline. But these two hours flew by. Thanks for listening again. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Hi, Richard. Hey, Yeah, it it is, but be careful. Use too much of it. It's fairly high salt content as well. Yeah, um, so I've had some people have some issues if you use too much of it. So I you go lightly, sort of if you add a bit, 